the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Well, greetings once again for the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. We do it every weekend on 950 WTLN in Orlando. We always look forward to visiting with you. Uh, Jeff Sennis is our engineer. Andrew Herdliska produces our show each weekend. And my guest in the first half hour is Dr. Mark Devine, the church history and doctrine teacher at Beeson Divinity School. Uh, Mark joins us from Birmingham, Alabama. He and Darren Patrick have written Replant, How a Dying Church Can Grow Again. Mark, thanks a million. Good to chat with you. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. So what's the deal here about replanting and how a dying church can grow again? What's going on in our country, Mark? Well, uh, we're not in a situation quite like Europe was, where the rejection of Christianity was sort of like throwing a switch. But we are in a period of decline with pockets of real vitality. And one way that some churches that are in decline uh, get turned around is through a process, you know, that for lack of a better term, would be revitalization. By that, I mean resources are brought in from outside that congregation. No radical changes happen in the church in terms of leadership. And the church that's been in decline either makes better use of the new resources they have or they don't. Most churches that decline over a significant period of time never rebound. The replant um, track is different. Here, an existing congregation that has been in decline for a while uh, kind of dies to itself in a merger with a healthy congregation, and uh, what emerges is something quite different than before. Two congregations that are theologically compatible, but where one, over a period of time, has really learned that they don't know what to do with this gospel that they believe in the context where they are. So replant is a new model for trying to salvage the resources in terms of buildings, the actual context of the declining church, and repurpose those with new leadership. But it does require a great sacrifice of autonomy by the church that has been in decline for many years. Twelve interesting chapters in your book. The first one is called The Making of a Madman. What does that mean? Well, uh, I've been a pastor and a missionary. I'm now a professor. And as a professor, I've sort of fallen into this uh, uh, life of being a serial interim pastor, where I um, kind of take over the reins not to be the permanent pastor, but uh, to hold that place until the congregation finds a permanent pastor. In the midst of this, however, a couple of congregations that I've served sort of, um, I don't know, I found myself caring in a very significant way about their future and and not really having a good conscience about just being a placeholder. And that happened in a church in downtown Kansas City. And um, I just saw this church as a resource for, you know, it was strategically placed for gospel advance in the city. And yet I also realized that I felt that the people there and I myself were not really the best people to make leadership decisions going forward. And so what I was facing was, uh, you know, a group of lay people who had were, had entrenched interests and protected ecclesial turf uh, for decades. And uh, I'm just uh, saying it was kind of crazy for me to think that, I could go in there and lead these folks to do something as radical as giving up their own power to make decisions going forward. So that's 
it, it looked like a situation that had almost zero chance of success. Mark Devine is with us. He is the co-author of Replant, How a Dying Church Can Grow Again. David C. Cook is the publisher. Uh, the second topic I want you to get into, Mark, <clears throat> feeling out the faded glory. Well, uh, this church, the actual structure, is a magnificent worship space, a historic church, a place that could turn into a wedding chapel if it wanted to. Many people want to be married there. It's like a little Spurgeon's tabernacle clunked down in the 19th century uh, in, in midtown Kansas City. And it was a place that had a proud history and it had an extraordinary heyday. And I appreciated that. And my take on it was not that, well, that doesn't matter. We must forget all of that and just move forward with whatever is the most fresh contemporary uh, idea. But as I began to study the history of the church, I realized that they were claiming in their 150-year history, they were claiming as part of that history, a history that involved many splits, mergers, name changes, location changes. And so as I began to think about, well, how has this congregation sort of defied the actuarial tables for churches? Churches uh, live, on average, 90-something years in America. And this church had defied that for decades. How had they done it? They had not done it by saying, whatever we've done in the past, we must keep doing. They had done it by periodically making great, uh, risky, sacrificial changes that allowed the congregation to continue to be effective in the spread of the gospel. And that gave me, it opened up the possibility that that could happen again. So it was kind of an ironic twist that I was able to come to the congregation eventually and say, if we're true to our tradition, we will be open to radical change, because that's how we've lasted this long. Mark, tell me about dissecting dysfunction. One of the things that happens in the declining uh, in declining churches is that uh, the tenure of pastors uh, shrinks, and you'll you, you'll find that that and the average tenure of a pastor in evangelical churches today in America hovers around two years. People are stunned to hear that. Say that again. The Average tenure for pastors mm. in evangelical churches hovers around two years. Wow. Incredible mm. uh, revolving door. Now, as that occurs, as the tenure of pastors shrinks, uh, two things happen. One, the congregation becomes habituated to not having pastors very long. Second, lay people begin to assume more and more power in the church that can encroach upon what even they would say they want a pastor to do. But over time, it leads to a situation that churches become almost organically unleadable, and this helps to shrink the time a pastor stays. And you end up with ways of governance that are dysfunctional if you th- if, if what you're after is that a person God has brought there really leads the congregation, and instead you have sort of um, turf battles, and a church is not really led, but it becomes uh, a setting where different power factions protect you know, their, their prerogatives, and it exacerbates the decline of the church. What does it mean when you write about the devil's workshop? I'm a Southern Baptist. The congregation that uh, is um, dealt with in the book Replant is a Southern Baptist church, and the church it ended up merging with uh, is a Southern Baptist church. One of the things that has characterized Baptists and really made a deep imprint on the Baptist psyche is democratic governance. And one of the features of that that emerges in some of these churches is an open business meeting, usually monthly, in which 
any member who wishes to can attend and say anything they want, make any motions they want, call into question the work of any lay person or committee chairperson or deacon or pastor. And this can turn into a kind of very hurtful free-for-all um, in which any person can kind of put another person in the church in the dock, if you will, in the crosshairs, about some issue perhaps that they haven't been elected to serve, uh, elected to discharge some uh, responsibility, whereas others have been. Mark Devine, our guest. We've got more right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour. We do it on the weekends on AM 950 WPLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Here's Martin Renforth, president of Above and Beyond AC. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, I'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. No matter how large or small, I'll send 10% of the purchase directly to your church. That's the Above and Beyond 10% promise. At Above and Beyond AC, we know you have a lot of AC companies to choose from. We hope you'll choose us, but we encourage you to get two quotes. You'll find that our pricing is always transparent and competitive. Call 407-483-7945 right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. That's 407-483-7945 for Above and Beyond AC. Remember the Above and Beyond 10% promise. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, we'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. Call 407-483-7945 right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. Call 407-483-7945. Sometimes it may feel like the troubles of the world are pulling us down. When that happens, we should pick ourselves back up with the power of God's love. Godvine.com makes it easy to brighten even the darkest day with uplifting and inspiring videos and stories chosen especially for you to lift you up and strengthen you in your walk with Jesus. From powerful stories of healing, miracles, and angels to heartwarming videos of love, surprises, and joy to cute and funny videos that'll have you laughing out loud. Godvine has just what you need for the best uplifting videos filled with joy, hope, and love to brighten your day. Join millions of Christians from around the world who watch and share Godvine videos each day. For a happier day right away, visit us at godvine.com. Godvine.com. That's godvine.com. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. It's the Power Hour. We do it every weekend here on AM 950 WTLN. Uh, Mark, I, we interrupted you there with the break. Finish that thought that you were talking about the, the Devil's Workshop. And so, uh, just stepping back and looking at the, at the Baptist business meeting. Um, it, it really, in many places, has devolved into a situation where moving the church forward, it doesn't serve it well. And instead, it sort of, um, it's a situation in which lay people learn that uh, if I serve, if I take a, a major responsibility in some area of ministry, it can all be undone and thwarted because a couple of people come to a business meeting and and begin to talk and speak in ways that are un, unhelpful. And so I think it's it's a way of governing ourselves that does not need to be overthrown in the sense of undoing democratic governance. But we do need to look closely at how we can, uh, you know, divvy out responsibilities and um, uh, in, in ways that, that all of us would want to be treated. None of us at our workplace, I would hope, would get together once a month and everybody just say any hurtful thing they want. But somehow the Baptist business meeting in too many churches has devolved into just this kind of uh, of hurtful situation. Why did you write a chapter called Assisted Suicide? At one point um, in my prayer and struggle about the future of this church in Kansas City, I became convicted that 
in order for the gospel to flourish in that place at that time, which I very much wanted to happen, I didn't want it. I didn't want to see that space yielded to a non-gospel situation. I didn't want to see it turn into a wedding chapel. And I became convinced that what needed to happen is that we as a congregation would die to ourselves in the sense of giving up our um, prerogative to determine the future. Not completely, but we would look for a congregation that's theologically compatible with us and has shown, demonstrated its effectiveness in a cultural context like ours. And so we would choose the, the congregation who would choose our next pastor. And in that sense, die to ourselves with the hope that we would live again. Because we knew if we kept going down the road we were going, we were going to die. That was obvious to me. Now I want you to talk about uh, a topic. You simply say, I'm not the man. That's topic number six. Our guest is Mark Devine. Replant the name of his church. Uh, Fill us in on that, Mark. I think part of what made the radical change that was to come to this congregation was that I was a serial interim pastor. I was not looking to stay at this congregation And so I didn't really have an interest in claiming that I was the person to lead it forward. I was, when I told the congregation, I don't think you are qualified to pick the right leader for this place at this time. I also told them, I don't think I am either. So I was not on a perch saying, well, you haven't been seminary and you're not ordained ministers, therefore you don't know what you're doing. I was able to say, none of us have any reason to believe that we're in a position to pick the right person to lead us forward. We need to look for folks who've been effective in a neighborhood like this. And it really was strategically helpful for me to be able to say with total honesty and fervor, I'm not the right person to lead this congregation forward, and I don't even think I'm the right person to pick the next person. Mm. What is merger mania, Mark? Well, the things that we see happening uh, in America now, I don't know if it's on a great scale, but it's significant. And that is that more churches that are in decline are open to merging with another congregation. And I saw this as perhaps the, the, the best chance for my congregation that we would merge with another congregation that is larger and effective in a situation in a cultural context like ours, and in so doing, we would be seeking not so much a pastor, but seeking a congregation to join. One congregation seeking another congregation to join. Now you've got to talk to us about the seed dies. Well, here's where weeks of Prayer, discussions, meetings, uh, and uh, Q&As, the congregation had to face what I was asking them to consider. And that is that by giving up something that was precious to us, namely utter autonomy and utter control of our future decision-making, by giving that up, we would give ourselves the best opportunity to live again. And this is an idea that is very much familiar to Bible-believing Christians. If the seed doesn't die, it can't live again. We're told to give up our lives. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said when Jesus Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And then dying to ourselves, we yield ourselves to the one who can raise us back up. So this way of thinking is deeply embedded in the Bible and deeply embedded in the, in the Baptist psyche, but not in terms of a congregation. And that was the argument I was trying to make. This principle doesn't always apply, but it can apply, not just to an individual who repents from sin, but to a congregation 
that puts the advance of the gospel ahead of their own prerogatives of control going forward. My guest is uh, Mark Devine. He and Darren Patrick have written the book Replant, How a Dying Church uh, Can Grow Again. Uh, Mark, the next topic, decisions and dreams. I began to look for congregations that I might want to approach and explore the possibility of a merger. And in the midst of that, uh, there were lots of um, uh, misfires. I looked first at large churches that were theologically compatible with us in the Kansas City area, but they were all suburban churches. And the pastors of those churches looked hard at the possibility because they knew they would be in control of it. I would become fireable and so forth. But one by one, these men who were effective leaders in the suburbs backed away from the opportunity because they saw, they, they realized that effectiveness in the suburbs is not a predictor of effectiveness in an urban setting. Then I went to square one, and I said, I'm not going to look for a congregation that happens to be close by, but a Southern Baptist congregation theologically compatible with us anywhere in America uh, who, that has been effective in such a setting. And lo and behold, I discovered a former student of mine, Darren Patrick, mm. uh, pastoring in St. Louis, just such a congregation. And I made my way there and visited, and tears flowed from my eyes as I sat in that worship service in that context in St. Louis that looks so much like the Westport section of Kansas City. And I was able to dream and in a concrete way about what I wanted to see in Kansas City and what might be possible if uh, Darren Patrick, pastor of the journey, uh, would, you know, explore this dream with me. What about giving up control? Well, here again, uh, once once I uh, began to have discussions with Darren, I became convinced that this is what I should pursue. I should pursue the giving up of control at the Baptist Church in Kansas City and merge and yield to the leadership of the journey in St. Louis. And in doing that, we... Um, uh, Trust was the most important thing at that point. And so we invited Darren uh, to come and to uh, speak to us and then in another visit to do a Q&A with us in hopes that the trust that, that ought to be required would be achieved and then we could really uh, begin to get down to the nitty-gritty of do we want to really do this thing. Um, and move forward with emergence. So, Mark, in the end of your book, uh, two interesting topics, answering the divine call and two churches become one. Uh, fill us in, please. Well, on one side of the state of Missouri, there was all that we've been talking about in my own leadership of the congregation in Kansas City. But once I began to uh, have discussions with Darren Patrick, now another congregation on the other side of Missouri in St. Louis uh, had to do their own agonizing, their own praying, and their own assessment of, of whether God was calling them uh, to do this. And that was not obvious that they should. <clears throat> Darren is a visionary leader who finds it hard to say no to any significant opportunity. But Darren and his elders, several of them were you know, young uh you know, younger uh, husbands and fathers with growing families with a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of struggles that are related to their effectiveness and success and their growth. Uh, but in the end, they recognized that, indeed, this was an opportunity that they were especially suited for and that did fit their strengths as a congregation. And it also linked up with Darren's own desire to plant a church originally in Kansas City. He was my student at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary 
in Kansas City many years before. And so they ended up answering the divine call, not just our invitation and request, but they recognized that God himself wanted them to take up this opportunity, and they did. And it has turned out to be spectacularly successful. More than 2,000 worshipers make their way to Redeemer Fellowship, the new name of the of the new, newly replanted congregation in Kansas City today. But is it two separate churches with with two pastors or one pastor? I mean, how practically does the whole thing work? Okay, in this case, the the merge in the when the merger happened, what we knew in Kansas City is that is that the preference of the journey once they owned everything, and we were part of their congregation, their preference would be to identify a replanter, deploy that replanter there, and then as soon as possible, the church in Kansas City would become its own autonomous church. And that is exactly what happened. Uh, They identified Kevin Cawley, uh, who uh, was already on his website uh, making it very clear. He didn't live in Kansas City, but God had called him to plant a church in Kansas City, he was networking and doing all sorts of things to prepare to do that at some point in the future. And then he was contacted by Darren Patrick and The Journey, and he was deployed there uh, in 2008 as the replanter of that church. The name changed to Redeemer Fellowship. And with, within a year, the growth was such and stability was such that uh, they – the ties with the journey were broken, and today um, their uh, Redeemer Fellowship is its own is its own congregation. And the journey has done this at, in churches that are in the greater St. Louis area. But this is the first time they've done this with an existing church and at such distance. We've got about 30 seconds here, Mark. Has there ever been a great church anywhere that didn't have great leadership? I don't think so. And this is the thing that um, I think we're, we're figuring out now, that in this new time in North America, it is so important to find the right leadership for the right place and the right time. And congregations that want to see the gospel advance will remove obstacles to finding, deploying, celebrating, and supporting that kind of work. Mark Devine, our guest. We've got more after this. On the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour, it's AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Hello, everybody. Alan Thick here. You know, it takes money to run a country. Your money. And that's why if you owe back taxes, the IRS might garnish your wages. They could levy your bank account, come after your home or business. But truth is, they'd rather settle for less than bother you more. So they have this brilliant program to help if you're behind on your taxes. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. They're offering this to help you solve your tax problem once and for all. You could qualify for a settlement that's substantially less than before these changes. Nobody knows these tax relief programs better than the experts at Optima Tax Relief. Their attorneys and agents will work to get you the best possible tax settlement. And they're fully accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Don't wait till it's too late. Call Optima for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. That's 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply for complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the new 950 WTLN. If you miss the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace, Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at GraceImpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on the new 950 WTLN. I bet you've been thinking about a private Christian school atmosphere for your children. We've got a great way to get you started, and you can save thousands of dollars, too. It's half-price tuition from AmazingRadioDeals.com. You can now get half-price tuition to some of the best schools in Central Florida, from kindergarten through 12th grade, even seminary. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com, where you can check out the schools, and you can reserve yours right away. And if you're just moving into the area, this is a great way to get started on your search for a school. It's half-price tuition from Amazing. RadioDeals.com. 
You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Dr. Mark Devine, our guest in that first half hour, co-author of the book Replant. Uh, Rudy Rasmus joins us from Houston, senior pastor of St. John's United Methodist in Houston. Uh, The new book is out with worthy publishers. It's called Love, Period, When All Else Fails. Rudy, it's nice to hook up with you. How you doing? Good. It's great to be with you today. Uh, I'm doing great. Weather's uh, weather's fantastic in Houston. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) So what's the book about? Love, period. What does that mean? You know, Pat, my uh, my journey has been a a journey of learning, really, the meaning of love, what it means uh, to not only me, but to the people I encounter, and, and ultimately to the people I have been really called to to serve in the world, and and this love period is really the 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 mandate that I have learned is most important in in manifesting the the presence and the power of of positiveness in the in the world. I'm gonna tell you, I have been on a journey path uh, for for many years, and my journey uh, didn't start as a uh, as a journey of of love necessarily. It it started as a as a journey towards uh really just making money and and that that journey moved uh into a uh, a place where I discovered there was something more important than money and that one thing I discovered was love 12 interesting topics or chapters that we're going to dive into Rudy the first topic I want you to talk about love is diverse but not divided you know when I, when I think about the uh the fact that love is diverse. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of my, my experiences as a child. You know, when I was in, in, growing up in Houston, Texas, uh, I grew up in a world with two water fountains. And, and it, was a, it was an interesting experience for a, uh, from zero to 11 years old, uh, looking at those two fountains. And I, and I would always ask my, 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 my mama, what's different about the water coming from that other fountain? Well, it was from that experience I realized that, that I would be on a journey to make sure no one experienced the, uh, the divide as I experienced it. So, so really, the, uh, the, the key these days is, you know, we are all different and, and we are all unique. But, but at the core, uh, it's not about division. It's about uh, experiencing our own unique diversity and loving one another in the midst of it. Uh, that's why, as a matter of fact, that's why I, uh, I use the, the title Love Period. You know, uh, often we punctuate uh, our experiences with each other in the same fashion that we punctuate sentences. So, so uh, in some cases, I, uh, uh, I find that people will love parenthetically, which means they will only love the people they can fit inside those tight little parentheses. And then there are some people who love with question marks. So I'm going to love you maybe, and that maybe is if you meet my expectations. But I'm, I'm suggesting that we, we in ultimately move into a world where we love, period. It means we stop right there, not a comma, uh, not an exclamation, but a period. And, and there's nothing that follows that love other than a complete acceptance of that other human being. Rudy Rasmus is with us, senior pastor of St. John's United Methodist in Houston. His new book is out. It's called Love, Period. Second topic, Rudy, love has no conditions. You know, when I, when I think about the, uh, the fact that love has no conditions, I was, I was reminded of, of, the, uh, of, of the circus. And, and I actually, I actually call it, uh, the church a sacred circus because there, there should be some elements of, of joy. In, in essence, there should be some marvel there. There should be, uh, some, some magic in the, in the atmosphere. But, but the real, the real magic is, is, is the love that we can experience in the, in the midst of it. Now, I'm telling you, when I think about the fact that, that, that we are in a uh, in a place where where love should have no conditions i'm i'm reminded of the of the necessity of of unconditional love and how the 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 unconditional love is only muted by our fears and 
And when I think about the, the fact that, that our fears are the one thing that, that keeps us from ultimately experiencing the other, um, my, my experience at the circus was always that, that moment when, when I uh, was in a room with, with people of, from every neighborhood, of every ethnicity, and every experience, and we were all enjoying that moment together. And that's what I believe a world and a, a world without conditions should feel like. Third topic, love replaces fear with faith. You know, um, you know, Pat, I am um, I'm working through it, but I am afraid of rats and snakes. And those, <laughs> those things really get me. I'm telling you, they really do. They really do get me. But 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 I, I've discovered that that uh, if I am for instance, let's say I'm encountering a snake, and it's six inches long, and it's green. And when I when I think about that encounter, uh, and I'm asked to reflect on the snake I just saw, uh, that snake became six feet long, purple with with diamonds on its back, <laughs> and and that's primarily because what I've discovered, whatever we are afraid of, Pat, will expand in our mind. And when it expands in our minds, I'm, 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 you know, I, I tell you, like, like everyone else, uh, whatever we we most fear becomes the biggest element in our minds. Like that snake, that snake became six feet long. Um, um, whatever the 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 person, whoever the person I'm encountering, uh, also becomes larger than my ability to accept that person. Now, now there's there's something else. In, in the midst of, of, of replacing uh, 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 this faith with, with this fear with faith, there's an acrostic that, that I like to de- define love by. And, and the love and the ill in this acrostic uh, represents liberation. And when I think about uh, the liberating power of love, I'm reminded that, that we are given uh, the power to be free to, uh, to engage the world in front of us. And love allows us to fulfill God's purposes within us. And and every time we, we take this liberation seriously, I, I guarantee you, there are people around us who will also be freed as well. The, the O in this, in this acrostic for love represents being others-focused. And, and I, uh, I often, you know, when, when I'm moving around the country, Pat, and I'm talking to people about about the power of unconditional love, uh, I put up a list, and as a matter of fact, it's it's almost two pages of of people, types, and categories. Um, every every imaginable expression of humankind. And when when I when I put those expressions of humankind up, uh, they're, they're they're just like one one word uh, identifying uh, a people a people group or a people type. And I often ask the question to identify the person. Are the persons who would who would have the most challenge being received into your world, and then when I uh, we, we just kind of kind of ruminate on that for a moment, and and ultimately I'm I'm encouraging and challenging people to 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 find a way to love the other. That is the the, the person that they would most most least likely to embrace as a uh, as a friend. Uh, as a as a as a person they would encounter for conversation and and then watch the world begin to to move radically in 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 your direction the v in this acrostic pat stands for vulnerability and and many people try to avoid being vulnerable with others but i but I love this quote by Madeline Lingle, who once wrote when we were children, we used to think that when we were grown up we would no longer be vulnerable. But to grow up, she says, is to accept vulnerability. To be alive is to be vulnerable. See, see vulnerability involves uh, uncertainty and risk and emotional exposure, and it's often that emotional exposure that that, that we are most fearful of. Uh, but but it's not until the moment when we are willing to be honest and open about who we are and where we are and why we are that we can ultimately experience life and, and love and the world around us in some amazing ways. And finally, Pat, the E in this in this acrostic for, for love represents engaging. Now now I'll tell you about my, my life and my work. I have 
I have uh, moved in uh, in and around Houston, Texas, for many years. I have been in some in some incredible experiences over these years. But these these years in working with the with the homeless community uh, has has really shown me uh, the importance of of doing what what I can as an individual to impact the lives of those who are the least fortunate around me. And, and subsequently, we have served millions of meals to hungry people. We have distributed millions of tons of food to hungry families. We're building housing for previously homeless men and women. And as a result of just being willing to engage the world around us, we have seen literally lives change uh, in some amazing, amazing ways, Pat. Pastor Rudy Rasmus is with us. We're talking about his book, Love, Period. Now, Rudy, love never quits. I want you to fill us in on that. You know, you know, my uh, my dad was uh, was was my my best friend uh, in in life in the world. He passed on on the fourth of July ten years ago, and and my my, my dad was an, also an example of a uh, of a guy who never who never quit. He told me years ago, he said, he said, he called me big shot, Mr. President or boss man, just depending on, on, on how he was feeling that day. But he, he said, Mr. President, nothing beats failing like trying. And and, and when I think about my uh, my dad and, and how I, I watched him hit it, get, get up every day, uh, worked hard, uh, tried to make it, tried to make it for his family, uh, I'm reminded as a uh, as as an exceptional role model, he uh, he put before me really the, the desire to to continue until the the job was 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 complete. But but there, when I think about the 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 the, the, the fact that that love never quits, um, I'm also reminded of of the, uh, the the three elements of love that that are most important. And and the, and the first is. Is, is the position of love, which is which is the waiting, and and waiting as a as a position is, is a lot different from being stuck. Often people people look like they're waiting, but they're actually stuck, and fear can 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 keep you stuck like nothing else. But but nobody really likes waiting for for, for things. But 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 and, and think about our childhood when we had to wait for something. It was that moment when we just could not uh, almost stand it. Uh, when when our parents would say, uh, "Well, at Christmas you would get X Y Z." It took uh, like three years for Christmas to roll around. But my father taught me the value of waiting by by not immediately giving me everything I, I wanted. Ultimately, I developed a value. For for not only uh, the, the the things that I ultimately possessed, but but uh, the the people uh, that I ultimately encountered, and and God often calls us to wait for what we desire from Him, and and even if that desire is good and and even a great desire, it's still a moment that we have to we have to wait. The second is is humility. The power of love is humility, and 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 as as a position. Humility really is a uh, uh, is the ability to uh, to be present uh, and and to uh, to be vulnerable uh, and and to minimize pride and and the third position of love is perseverance and endurance and and perseverance is that 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 character that element that that reminds us that it is worth moving forward. And 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 I think about the uh, the 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 endurance, uh, the the presence, the power, uh, and the position. Uh, I'm reminded that love never fails, and and that's what the Corinthians text, uh, uh, something the book is kind of kind of kind of really founded in. That Corinthians text reminds us that a lot of things can take place, and and we can we can we can take on a lot of uh, a lot of challenges, but love never fails. Our guest is Rudy Rasmus. His book, Love, Period, When All Else Fails. Uh, Rudy is the senior pastor of St. John's United Methodist in Houston. Uh, He's been there for more than 20 years, has more than 9,000 members, and uh, we're glad that Rudy is with us. More after this on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. Let's say I'm 950. 
WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Here's Martin Renforth, president of Above and Beyond AC. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, I'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. No matter how large or small, I'll send 10% of the purchase directly to your church. That's the Above and Beyond 10% promise. At Above and Beyond AC, we know you have a lot of AC companies to choose from. We hope you'll choose us, but we encourage you to get two quotes. You'll find that our pricing is always transparent and competitive. Call 407-483-7945 right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. That's 407-483-7945 for Above and Beyond AC. Remember the Above and Beyond 10% promise. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, we'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. Call 407-483-7945 right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. Call 407-483-7945. Hello, this is John Butler Book, and I want to cordially invite you to listen to my radio talk show every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. You won't have to bring a loaf of bread or a jar of mayonnaise with you because we're not going to hand you any bologna. Just the meat of the word, the water of life. A page from the book, John Butler Book, right here on new 950 WTLN every Sunday night from 8 to 9 p.m. I want to hear from you. Pick up the phone and call us. Exercise your First Amendment rights right away. Hey, it's Bill Bennett. Have a dream kitchen or bathroom in mind? Shop online at AmericanKitchensFL.com or hit pound 250 from your cell phone and say kitchen. Pound 250 from your cell phone and say kitchen. When it comes to your money, it's a jungle out there. Don't go into the jungle without a guide. Tune in to the all-new Financial Safari with Coach Pete and local advisors Jerry and Nick Royer. Saturday mornings at 7 here at the intersection of Faith and Reason. The new 950 WTLN. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Pastor Rudy Rasmus with us from Houston, Love Period. That's the name of the book, Worthy the Publisher. Rudy, we've now moved to the fifth topic Love Must Be Learned. Pat, when I think about the, uh, the importance of, of learning love, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I always reflect on my mother who who really not only taught me uh, love, but, but also showed me love. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm at, the, uh, at the hospital with her right now. She's 82 years old, and, and she is one tough, tough cookie. But, but, uh, and she had to be actually bad to, uh, to raise me because I think I was a little tougher with that attention deficit uh, disorder of mine and that I still have as, a, as an adult. Uh, I, I learned from her the uh, uh, really three Essential, essential lessons uh, about leadership, and 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 one of those those lessons uh, that I learned about leadership from the love of my mother was consistency. You know, she she was she was a model of consistency, and and and, and she lived a, a disciplined life and, and an orderly life, and and uh, and and even even though. Uh, along the way, she had her own challenges. Uh, one thing I, I could always count on was that she would be the same with me from one day to the next. The way she would discipline me would be the same. Uh, the, the second thing that I, that I learned uh, about uh, about love and and also leadership from my mom was the importance of, of integrity. Uh, you know, my mom never lied to me, Pat, and 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 she created an environment of truth in our in our home and integrity in our home. And and, and mom believed what 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 she said, and she and she said she did what she said. And and when I think about the 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 the, the life that that she has lived, even these eighty two years, I'm reminded of just how important how important. Uh, integrity has been even in my life uh, in, in this journey. And, and thirdly, Pat, dignity. When, when it comes to dignity, dignity, um, you know, dignity says I respect you because I see you as being worthy of my time and energy. 
and I believe in you enough to want to commit my time to your improvement or betterment. And, and when we extend dignity to another human being, Pat, we, we, we ourselves are, are simultaneously embodied, embodied with the same dignity, and, and a dignified person has, has a, a bearing of confidence. And, and I watched my mother over the years journey with that, with that confidence, even, even until the day. And, and so between my mom and dad, I learned some incredible lessons uh, around love and leadership. And, 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 and the one thing that I, that I learned the most from, from both of them, that it is worth, if it's worth it, it's worth fighting for. And, and I watched them to fight to stay in their marriage for 50 years, and it was a blessing. And that consistency still works in me today. Rudy Rasmus, our guest, we're talking about his new book, Love Period. Sixth topic, Rudy, love is kind. You know, my, uh, my wife is, is, is the example of, of kindness for me. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, Juanita introduced me to Christ uh, 20, actually we've been married 29 years, almost 30 years now. Uh, 29 years ago, I was a non-believer, Pat, um, but my wife, and told me if we were going to get married, we were going to go to church. And uh, and I went to church with her, and I sat on the pew for five years as a non-believer, uh, just questioning everything, wondering whether or not this faith was for me. But it was as a result of her constant faith and her abiding love that 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 ultimately, Pat, I continued to show up. I continued to show up at that church. And and but but what was most important was the, the prayer my wife prayed for me every day during those five years. She prayed Psalms 1-1 one, one for me. And then she would put, put my name, Pat, in the place where it says the man. She said, Blessed is Rudy, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But this Rudy delights in this law of God, and in this law Rudy meditates both day and night. Rudy will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and in his season, he would bring forth fruit. And I'm going to tell you, Pat, in my season, ultimately, I my life turned around. And, and from my life turning around, uh, ultimately, I ended up uh, on a different path. But but I'll tell you, um, I, have, I have watched my, my wife live a life completely filled with love. And, and through that love, I, I watched her, I watched her, make it through some some incredible health challenges. In in nineteen ninety nine, Pat, our, our church had, had grown to about four thousand people. And one morning, one morning my wife attempted to uh uh to well, we were just moving through through the morning, getting our kids off to school and she started feeling bad. Uh I I, I took the kids to school that morning and, and, and later that day, later that morning she called into the office and told our assistant that uh, she, uh, to cancel her appointments for that day. And before she hung up that phone, she said, as a matter of fact, cancel my appointment forever. And in that moment, my wife began to have a uh, uh, what her grandmother called a nervous breakdown. Her her therapist, uh, her psychiatrist called it a major depressive episode. But for the next two years, Pat, it, it, she I watched her struggle to, to get out of bed, struggling with panic attacks. And, and, and in the midst of her, her recovery, something she learned uh, and, and something that we have learned as a family, and that is the importance of our want-tos. Uh, our want-tos are those things that, 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 that we have, we will often uh, delay, we will we'll often put those on the back burner while everyone else's life is moving on. And, and my wife really had... Had had really had, had really manifested uh, a uh, uh, what, what what she ultimately discovered was a performance addiction, and in that performance addiction, she she realized that that she had prioritized everyone else's uh, approval of her, other than the, her approval of herself. And, and in this chapter, I talk about how the uh, how how moving forward, uh, how how her pursuit for for life. Uh, really ultimately moved her uh, through not only that major depressive episode, but a uh, bout with tuberculosis. And four years ago, how she she moved through kidney cancer uh, with a uh, uh, with an amazing amount of grace. Now I'm gonna tell you, I learned something when she was going through kidney cancer um, about faith. 
Uh, the first thing I learned is that you never tell a person of great faith the story of a woman stuck on the roof in a flood. I don't know if you've ever heard that one before, but but the the woman was stuck on the roof with a, um, in a flood, and and she was waiting on God, and and along while she was waiting, a, uh, a rowboat came by, uh, uh, um, a person threw a life jacket, and a helicopter dropped a ladder. And each time she said, no, I'm waiting on God. But when she died and went to heaven, uh, God, she, said, she asked God, so, so God, where were you? And God said, well, I was in the life jacket, the rowboat, and the helicopter. Well, I made the mistake of telling my wife that story when she decided, Pat, not to have uh, the, the surgery necessary to remove the tumor uh, that was growing in her kidney. And, and she told me basically she hadn't heard from God and she wasn't going to have that surgery. Ultimately, she heard from God. Ultimately, she had that surgery. And today she's still alive because of extreme faith. Rudy, we've got about a minute. Uh, what do you want to, us to take from your book? Where, where do we go with this? You know, Pat, I want, I want the, uh, the reader of this book to know that, that there are, even in spite of the challenges, that they will encounter in life, uh, that it's important to trust a higher power. Uh, it's, it's important to, uh, to look for the best in life, and, and it's important to never look back and to keep going to the end. And all of those are characters of love, and love never fails. Rudy Rasmus has been our guest from Houston, Texas. His book is called Love, Period, When All Else Fails. Uh, Worthy is the publisher. Uh, Rudy, it's a joy to talk to you. I've heard a lot about you. Great talking to you, too, Pat. And I'm glad things are going well, and congratulations on your book. It's coming out as we speak, and uh, I know people are going to enjoy it immensely. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for your time. And I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Thank you, Rudy. Take care. We will uh, we will have a wrap-up right after this, folks, on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. It's AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Disruptive may be just another overused buzzword, but disruptions in business like network downtime, data loss, social media abuse, and limited bandwidth are downright disruptive. For businesses large or small, Barracuda Networks offers powerful, affordable, yet easy-to-implement content security, application delivery, and data protection solutions, all designed to prevent disruptions and simplify IT. For an online demo or to try any of our security or storage solutions risk-free for 30 days, visit barracuda.com disruptive. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Well, thanks for joining us, folks, on the weekend Power Hour. Uh, always enjoy having you with us. Uh, in the first half hour, Dr. Mark Devine was with us uh, from Birmingham, Alabama, the co author of Replant. And then we went to Houston where Rudy Rasmus, senior pastor of St. John's United Methodist in Houston, talked about his new book, Love, Period. Uh, Please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com. The Twitter page is Orlando Magic Pat. And my most recent book is out. It is called How to Be the Ultimate Teammate. Uh, Coach's Choice is the publisher. And you can go up on Amazon.com. Always a wonderful way to order books or booksamillion.com, and uh, you can check that book out. In the meantime, have a wonderful week ahead and uh, a great day tomorrow at church with your family. And we will rejoin you next weekend for the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour on AM 950 WTLN. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.